and welcome back to our next episode of Private Markets Made Human, the podcast from Hamilton Lane that brings information and perspective from our greatest asset, our people. Today we are speaking with my colleague, Griff Norville. Griff has worked at Hamilton Lane for the last 13 years, having previously led our analytics and data research teams. He also started running our Cobalt business in 2016. Today, he is a managing director and head of our technology solutions business. He co-heads our global technology committee, and he works with the other leaders at the firm to invest off of our balance sheet into technology companies. Griff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Katie. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Jumping right in, many folks would say, oh, Hamilton Lane, you're in the investment management business. True, right? But maybe you can help us to expand on what we mean when we say the firm's technology solutions business. Sure. Well, I think one of the things that I've really loved about working here over the years is how dedicated we are to using the information, the data that we have available. And we dedicate a lot of time and effort to making sure that we're using data to be better investors, we're using technology to be better investors, that we're giving our clients access to the same information that we have. And it's really just a, a testament to how important we find this, that we've dedicated a whole business unit to it, the client experience, really, of working with data and working with technology. And so it's really unique that we have this technology solutions business, and I'm proud to be a part of it. That's great, and we're going to dive right into it. Today, we, we are certainly in this era of unprecedented technology advancement, and yet private market investors find themselves almost at a crossroads, right, where we're grappling with the challenge of modernizing a lot of our tools and technology. So Hamilton Lane, as you mentioned, has been at the forefront of this. Can you tell me, big picture, why have we made this a firm priority? I think we found out over the years that when I joined, let's say, let's say when I joined the asset class, it was really more of a relationship business in, in private markets in 2010. There wasn't a lot of data. By definition, data in this asset class is hard to come by. Everything's private. And so the investment world, when I joined the industry, wasn't really focused on using data to drive decisions. But here we are in 2023, and we've got collectively as an industry 40, 50 years worth of data now. And isn't it about time we, we catch up with our public market peers and the way that they use data and technology to drive investment advantage? Um, and so, yeah, it's been a really exciting time and, and it's been really exciting for me to be part of the evolution of the use of data in this asset class. And it's it's incredibly important to us and, and the people we work with also recognize. And that's why they come to us a, a lot of the time because they recognize the advantage that we have because we have this information at our fingertips. And what kind of data do we have? I mean, we, you say we have a lot. What does that mean? Well, it starts with understanding fund performance and cash flows in and out of the funds. The difference between us and some other places where you might go and grab performance data is we're extracting data from what I would call primary sources, fund financials, daily cash flow notices. We are managing portfolios for hundreds of institutional investors. We put $41 billion to work last year in the private markets on behalf of ourselves and our clients. So we are taking it from primary sources directly off the of fund financials. We know daily cash flows, quarterly valuations for all these funds. And then the big push in recent years has been diving down to the portfolio company level. Of course, understanding our exposures at the company level, but even the operating metrics. What are the acquisition multiples? What are the current tracking multiples for purchase prices, for valuations, for leverage levels, 
for revenue and EBITDA and so on. And so um, we are and continue to be hungry for more data. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the direction we've been going. And then it's how we use that, how we make sense of it. That's what we spend a lot of time on today. And how do we as a firm use tech internally and, and use it to interface with clients? We use a lot of different technology solutions internally, Katie, and I'm sure that you're very familiar with, yes. with most of them. Um, we're using tech at all, all different parts of our business. I'll focus maybe more specifically on sort of the investment side of the house where I spend a lot of my time. Um, we're using technology, just to give some examples, to digitize our diligence process, how we interact with and collect data from general partners. We're using technology that integrates machine learning to extract data off of PDFs. You know, back when, you know, I know you remember the days of all the manual data pulling off these PDFs and, and having to employ an army of people to do that. The technology has come a long way. And so we can use machine learning to extract data. We're using uh, databases, of course, and, and portfolio monitoring solutions to organize that data and track. And then a, a lot of my time has been spent on what I'll call the front office solutions, which is now that we have all of that great data, how do we forecast? How do we benchmark? How do we run what-if scenarios? How do we ask ourselves, what if I were to add this specific investment to my portfolio, what would happen? So each one of those things I just talked about, that's a, these are different technology solutions. I, I wish it was as easy as there's just one solution to do it all, but we've taken a best-of-breed approach, and then we've invested a lot in our internal teams tying all of that data together to get consistency across systems and, and making sure that it's easy to flow through them. Yeah, that's great. I think for me, I call it the Hamilton Lane reconnaissance, meaning I get the collective intelligence and data and information at my fingertips that I need in the moment that I need it. And mm -hmm. having the tools to be able to pull that instantly is just such a competitive advantage for me. And really, it helps the client the most because I can give them an answer and I can use the collective knowledge of everyone that's contributed to that data. Uh, so it's not just, you know, the stuff in my head that I heard from so-and-so or anecdotal information, which is a lot of what the industry relies on. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned our clients. I think a lot of them respond very positively to that. We love showing off our technology to our clients, but a, a big push in recent years has been giving them access to the same information. Increasingly, I find that our clients want to follow along with us and how we think about the markets and evaluate them. Uh, we've been really focused on not just holding it all internally for ourselves, but letting our clients join us on that journey. As an industry, it's interesting because we as investors have put so much money into enterprise software and technology, and yet we don't use it ourselves, right? A lot of us LPs, GPs are sort of still using Excel. We're still using email to track information. Why do you think the industry has been so slow to adopt technology? And what is going to be the catalyst to sort of get folks to start embracing some of the solutions out there? Yeah, I, you're right. I, I find that we're sort of on the leading edge of some of this technology innovation, but I look around and I'm still disappointed on, uh, there are some people out there that are joining us, but there's still a lot of people that operate, you know, the old way and, and they're living in maybe not the stone age, but I would call it the Excel age. Uh, they're stuck in Excel. It's, it's hard to, to pry them away from that obviously very flexible solution, but there's a lot of limitations there. And just the world of data that we live in now cannot be processed effectively through Excel. And so you know, some of the frictions have been really an attachment to that old relationship style of investing. That's part of it. 
but as a new generation comes in of, of investors that are hungry to, to drive an advantage, that are operating in a much more competitive market these days. We all understand how difficult it is for certain managers to fundraise because there's so many new available options out there in terms of strategies and geographies and managers within each of those. That competition drives innovation uh, and drives others to look at how can I be better than the next person. Uh, and I think that maybe that level of competition wasn't as much there before. Uh, it was a little easier to, to, to gain that capital commitment. Uh, but today, you know, everyone is searching for that edge, and a lot of it comes with the use of data and tech. I actually got an email yesterday from a very big auditing firm that was looking for so much data in Excel that I sent it to the team, and I said, we need to go back to them and show them some technology solutions because this just is – that would take our team – a lot of time to populate, but I don't even know what they would then use the information, like how they could manipulate that much information um, without technology these days. So it kind of blew my mind that that, that exists even in some of these huge firms that that believe in, uh, in using a lot of data. So I guess how do you see the tech industry evolving within private markets? Do you sort of bucket it into back office solutions, front office, AI? How do we kind of think about mapping out the landscape of, of the industry today? Those, those are definitely categories that are important for us. And, you know, I think as we search for best of breed options, we like solutions that are purpose built for things like back office versus front office. We've tended to gravitate to those purpose built solutions that are specialized rather than you know, rather than an inch deep in everything, they, they go very deep in, in specific areas. Um, so all across our operations, we've got treasury management systems, we've got systems for workflows, systems for data extraction, systems for storage. So there are areas of, of business specialty. And then you talk about the newer types of technologies that might interact across the board in all of those areas. You mentioned, you know, we've talked about machine learning, you've mentioned AI, you know, obviously, we're cutting edge on, on some of that. Blockchain has been a big topic. It hasn't gone away. There are still plenty of applications for the, the underlying blockchain technology. And so I think in different areas of the business, we can selectively uh, apply those, those newer technologies. We're very excited about all of them. Um, you know, generative AI as, as a vague category is not going to be a panacea for everything. But if we think about wrapping that uh, with special workflows and using the expertise that we have to shape it correctly and applying it to one very specific of the uh, part of the business, I think there are a lot of independent applications that are specialized for something like that. And you mentioned sort of being overseeing the Hamilton Lane innovation efforts, which I believe encompasses sort of using our own balance sheet capital to partner with a lot of these companies, these technologies. Like how do you as the head of that <laughs> think about the new technologies that are coming up every day and where we as a, as a business need to pivot into next. Yeah, so I, I work on, this is a very interesting uh, innovation. Hamilton Lane Innovations is what we call the effort. There's a number of us that are, that are focused on this. My colleague, Eric Kirsch, has been leading a lot of these efforts uh, as well over the years. And so what we've done to dig into a little bit of, of our strategy is 15 times over, actually 16 times over now, depending on when this airs, we have uh, taken money off of our balance sheet and chosen to invest in early stage, relatively early stage technology companies. Um, and it's been a strategy that we have used in order to drive this industry forward. Uh, what we've done is 
we've used our voice to help these companies strengthen their solution for fit into our marketplace to better service LPs, to better service Hamilton Lane uh, and asset managers like us specifically. And they have valued our voice, valued our expertise, valued maybe our data and our Rolodex. Uh, some, those are some of the things that we can bring to the table. Uh, and so we've got this very unique strategy of uh, putting our money where our mouth is. And oftentimes that lets us be uh, on the leading edge of identifying the next best thing uh, and, and bringing it in-house and experimenting with it early. And in particular, maybe you could dive a little bit into Cobalt because that's a company you've overseen for the last few years. How did that start? Where is it today? Where do we think that's going? That's just one great example. Yeah, so that that's a really interesting story. So Cobalt started as an early stage investment. Uh, actually, I was out in a conference uh, in, in California. I put my business card in a fishbowl and I won a free trial to this, uh, this company. At the time, they were called Bison. Um, and so within a few weeks, we called up, uh, I was using my free trial. I called up the CEO and I said, hey, maybe we can make an investment in you guys and we can work together strategically. Uh, and they, it was really perfect timing. Uh, I think they were really looking for a strategic partner and, uh, and an avenue for growth for them. And what we started to do is, is we launched a new product called Cobalt. And Cobalt was intended to deliver the Hamilton Lane benchmark and data intelligence to the world, to our clients, to, our, to other LPs. And it's now moved on much broader than that. And, and since then, uh, because it's been so strategic to us, we brought it in-house. So we had the opportunity to buy out our partner and, and, and bring them in uh, into, these, uh, into this roof here. And what we've done is we've now dedicated this, this business unit, Technology Solutions, to the client experience of working with our data. And Cobalt's the application that they're going to log into, along with other applications that we have that connect into Cobalt. Uh, and where we're going with Cobalt is much further beyond just the benchmarking and the ability to look up track records and managers. We're really, really digitizing the Hamilton Lane diligence process. And so if we see a funded market, you can see it in Cobalt. You can walk along with us, our diligence, our perspectives on the manager, our research. Uh, you can also bring in your own portfolio and ask those what-if scenarios of, you know, what if I were to add this strategy or this manager to my portfolio? What might happen? What might happen if we hit certain economic scenarios? Uh, and it's been a very interesting benchmarking and forecasting tool for our clients as well. That's great. And it's also a standalone solution. So folks who have their own large teams and who do a lot of their in-house research and diligence leverage that technology and platform to sort of supplement what they're doing and use the data to their advantage to, to kind of run their own processes, which I think is fantastic. Um, and, and that's the key of being a solution provider, right, is that we want to kind of have these tools and technologies for the right client who wants to partner with us in, in whatever way makes sense for them. Um, we also focus in, though, Griff, on some solutions that the clients don't touch but are sort of behind the scenes, right? So companies like Canoe and then our newest one that we just announced that is around sort of streamlining the onboarding process. What is, what is the thought process for them, some of those technologies that, you know, maybe the clients aren't using day to day but really help improve the underlying operations of, of what Hamilton Lane is doing day to day? Yeah, well, they might not touch them every day, but I hope they uh, feel that they gain the benefit of us using them. And so Canoe, uh, this is a company 
that uh, I advise that we invested in that is is really exciting is on the cutting edge of of machine learning and data extraction off of these PDFs. Uh, if you're not aware, many listeners probably are, but this industry still might drive you nuts. We exchange a lot of data through sending these locked PDFs to each other, uh, and the data is buried in some table or a footnote. And so, you know, how do you load up that data into the systems that I've been talking about to get that great analysis? Well, we used to copy-paste it out of that system or hand-key it in. Today, we're deploying technology like Canoe, and Canoe can understand the patterns of these financial statements, let's say, between all the LPs on their network. We're all getting very similar notices from very similar GPs. And so if one LP has seen that notice and it's helped train the solution, and if Canoe has helped them train that, that solution on that document, well, now any client in that network, network gains the benefit. So the network effects are taking off. Uh, and we're getting really efficient data extraction along with that validation. Even getting at these documents sometimes, you got to go out to investor portals. So we've automated that. And so Canoe is all about getting that data, bringing it in, validating it, and then sending it downstream to wherever you want to analyze it. And so the clients benefit from this because, of course, we're able to be more cost-effective in the solutions that we offer them because we've deployed technology. But also, we're able to spend more time on driving to the deeper-level data points, let me say, right? So the higher-level data points of partner capital, um, the, the, on the partner capital statement, let's say, the, the commitment amounts or the NAV, that's easier to extract. The technology can take care of that. Now we want to dive into fund expenses and carry and management fee some of the stuff that might be harder to, to understand and extract out of there. And we can have our people spend more time on that. And at the end of the day, deliver a deeper uh, experience to our clients. That's great. How does Hamilton Lane stay on top of these trends and developments? It's not easy. The technology world evolves very quickly. But I think over the years, um, because we've made these investments, we've got now a great network of people that bring us deals uh, because you know, they see us as a, as a beneficial add to the, the board or to the advisory committee of some of these companies because of the reasons that I've, I've expressed here. So we've got a great group of entrepreneurs that we know, a great group of investors, VCs that we know. So we're getting a lot of deal flow in. But of course, we've got great technologists in-house now. We have understood the importance of this internally. We've invested in it. We've brought in great people with a great skill set. Uh, that are trying to keep their finger on the pulse of this technology and what's going on. So you better believe there's a lot of uh, Slack messages being exchanged and, and uh, meetings being had about generative AI right now, and all of us are trying to understand where that's going. And we're out there making a lot of phone calls to our peers in the market to understand what they're doing. Um, and it's uh, you got to really stay on top of talking to people, and all of us are sort of working together across these companies to understand um, you know, who's using it for what. And then, uh, and then we're going off and trying to solve our, our own problem and, and drive an advantage. But in some ways, we need to be uh, collectively sharing information so that we, that we understand where the market's going. That's great. Yep. I mean, that's what they're coming to us for is to understand what's around the corner, which I think is great. And one of those that Eric Hirsch uh, has been talking about, and you very broadly, is around the, the democratization of the asset class and more folks coming in and driving the need for things like blockchain and other technologies that, frankly, aren't being used a lot yet, but are sort of the future. Where do you sort of see that going? How, where have we invested so far? And, and what are we looking at for kind of the next, I don't know, few years? Yeah. So obviously, uh, the disclaimer up front is when we talk about blockchain, we're not talking about 
cryptocurrency and we're not talking about Bitcoin. So we'll take that, we'll separate it out. And I don't want you thinking this is an FTX kind of situation. What we're talking about is using technology to create a digital ledger and a digital database of, of ownership. And what it's allowing us to do, we've partnered with groups like Addix and Securitize, and each of those companies is operating operating in a bit of a different way, and I encourage people to, to go check out their websites and see what's going on. Um, but what it's able to do at the end of the day is allow us to have smaller minimums to commit to funds. And so what that allows us to do is to go out there and open up access to this asset class, to people that otherwise might not have been able to make a commitment because the minimums were too high. Why were the minimums high? Well, there's too much manual processing going on in this asset class. We're still trying to solve a lot of problems, but you know, for us, it wasn't cost effective. For any manager, it's not cost effective to take small commitments into funds because of all the, re the reporting, processing, KYL, KYC rather, AML, that needs to happen uh, to, to, to fit within uh, the, the regulatory mandates. And so now with this technology that, that tracks uh, ownership very efficiently, we can open up smaller commitments. That's great. The promise in the future, once we've got a great network of people on there and a, and a large flow, and we're not quite there yet, but it's growing, uh, would be for secondary transactions on that type of technology. Uh, it would make that much less friction for a secondary tra transaction. Today, if you want to sell your investment in a fund, you need maybe an army of lawyers uh, to do that. And, uh, you know, fortunately, someone like Hamilton Lane might have access to that, but, but others might not. And so if your asset is digital, hopefully that reduces the friction dramatically and allows more flexibility and liquidity in this asset class. Yeah. Ability to rebalance as <laughs> rather than waiting and for the next quarter or the next mark, um, which is always on a leg. So completely understand. And maybe just lastly on some of the solutions, we talk a lot about AI with with a lot of our venture capital firms. I feel like we have a partnership with a group that feels like a venture capital firm or, or maybe a, a, an ecosystem for a venture capital firm. What are we doing in the AI space? How are we working with them? What do we think is the future? Uh, for use within our business in particular? It's the topic of the day. And before this conversation this morning, I was playing around with our, uh, our own chat bot that we've built. What we're doing right now, we, we've partnered, uh, and we've publicly announced this partnership with Tiffin. Tiffin is a group we've been working with for a few years. They're an incubator for exciting businesses that are trying to revolutionize access and, and um and also understanding in the wealth market for access to private markets, right? So they're opening up and providing wealth solutions to that marketplace. And this is a marketplace that is newer to the private markets, one that we're very interested in uh, because it's someone we haven't worked with a ton historically. And, and we've got a lot of people coming to us that are seeing the evidence of outperformance in this asset class and want to gain more access for themselves, for the financial advisors that work in their network, for the high net worth individuals whose capital they're managing but they're having trouble, having trouble understanding the lingo that we use even, uh, the performance metrics that we might quote, how to compare one manager versus another, what's a co-investment, what's a secondary, how do I gain access to these things? Um, and so we've got a great solution for data analysis and intelligence called Cobalt, but I'll acknowledge that Cobalt is really built with the institutional investor in mind maybe. Um, it's maybe overbuilt for someone who's very new to the asset class and is just trying to uh, make their first commitment. 
And so what we've done with Tiffin is we've said, hey, maybe this generative AI, this chatbot interface could be a really re interesting interface to interact with to understand Hamilton Lane's viewpoint on the market and our data. How has private markets compared to public markets historically, right? What are the typical management fees in a private market investment? If I put this amount of capital in a buyout fund, how might that evolve over the next few years and what kind of liquidity might I see? And we've got data that helps answer that. We've also got 30 years in the business and a ton of written content that we've got uh, where we're expressing our viewpoints on these topics to our clients. And one thing these generative AI bots are really good at is reading through all that and summarizing it very quickly. And so I was just testing it this morning. I mean, I'm asking it questions like what, what I've just uh, given as examples, and it's answering in the voice of Hamilton Lane, which is really exciting, referencing um, all the material that we've put together internally. I think it, it shows a lot of promise. So we're working on this uh, this effort with Tiffin, and we're going to see where it goes. It's, it's early days, but we hope uh, in, in the next couple quarters that we're out there uh, on the road showing it off. That's fantastic. I'm I'm excited to see what comes next. I think the questions we get are, you know, is it going to replace the analysts <laughs> or is it going to replace all of us? Um, but I think we're still pretty early days. On I don't that, think right? it's replacing anyone. I'm telling you that we need to fill it with a lot of information. And, you know, there's going to be newer and different jobs and we're all going to be powered by it just like we're powered by Excel. So uh, I'm excited for, for how it can add to our day to day. That's great. We talked a lot about this in the beginning, just around the challenges the industry faces and, and how, you know, LPs and GPs have been a little bit slower to adopt some of these solutions. But I think one of the catalysts for technology change has really been the growing emphasis on ESG and sustainability, right? I think institutional investors are, are pushing us and others to quantify those metrics and sort of forcing the industry to develop more sophisticated reporting standards and, and other things that we need to make investment decisions. Um, how is Hamilton Lane thinking about technology solutions in that space and incorporating the data we have and that we're receiving from the GPs into you know some of the suite of technologies that we're using across the board? Yeah, so probably a few things I can touch on there. I mean, one thing is we've taken our diligence process, let's say, and we've actually broken it up into, into a few different pieces with specialties. So we've got people around here that focus on the investment due diligence, also the operating due diligence, are they using you know, the right systems and, and third parties to help them manage their fund. We've also got ESG type diligence. And so we collect uh, information specifically to evaluate the, the ESG policies and impact uh, that, that funds may have out there. Uh, and so, you know, we have chosen to do that because it's important to many of our clients and it's important to how we want to evaluate investment opportunities. Then on top of that, we've made some investments in groups and we've brought on board other technologies to help us understand ESG data. And this is, ESG data is a big challenge. It's unstructured. Um, no two firms right now are tracking it the same way. Uh, what might be important for one client or one region of the world is not for another. Uh, and so there's, we're all still really figuring out uh, how best to collect this information, but we've gotten a good start with um, working with groups like RepRisk to understand at the company level issues that have arisen at certain private companies and, and tracking those and getting alerts uh, when anything in our very wide portfolio might be going sideways. We've also made an exciting investment in a group called Nevada. And what Nevada aims to do, and, and they're off to a tremendous start, they're, they're a total rocket ship right now, is work with different GPs to help them work directly with their private companies 
and collect ESG data across all of their private companies and organize that data so that that GP can then permission out and report that data to its LP uh, base. And then beyond that, Nevada can help with some cross comparisons and benchmarks. And it's not trying to make an assessment of specific GPs and, and the strengths or weaknesses, but it is trying to give more transparency to this data to LPs uh, and, and really fit that data, how the GP wants to look at it, how the LP wants to look at it, be flexible in that way. And so Nevada has been uh, on the leading edge of, of this ESG data collection. And we're very excited to continue to working with them as, as they build that out. Yeah. And I think from my perspective, a lot of the industry or the folks I talk to are still talking about data at the fund level. And what's really amazing is that we're talking about the portfolio company level. And that's a different discussion than we were having a few years ago. And I think a lot of the tools that we have around this are really focusing on that portfolio company level. Absolutely. And, you know, think about it, like there's there's thousands and thousands of private equity firms, but there's hundreds of thousands and millions of, of small companies out there. And so we have the ability with this data to transform and make much more powerful decisions than ever before. So certainly an exciting time. I guess just a last question for me, you know, where does the puck go next, Griff? What What are the, some of the things that the team is watching, paying attention to? Uh, what are some of the challenges you see that we're trying to find a solution to maybe address here? Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball, and I wouldn't have told you generative AI was what I was going to be focused on this year. I wouldn't have told you that six months ago, maybe. Um, but it's been uh, really thrilling to just be prepared. And maybe I'll use this opportunity to, to say, please reach out with ideas and and introductions, and I'm always seeing new exciting entrepreneurs and new exciting technologies uh, come through here. We're always typically happy to get a demo and and see what's out there. So I don't claim to, to know what's going on. There's probably smarter people than me actually building, and they're really figuring it out day to day, and, and I'm, I'd be excited to meet them. And so, you know, for me, it's just being prepared, uh, staying on top of, uh, of my connections in the industry, uh, and continuing to just read as much as I can about uh, some of these new technologies and how that might be leveraged. Um, and uh, look, always looking to identify the problems internally and be creative about how we might deploy tech and, and data to help solve them. Well, with 16 companies under our belt, I think you've got a lot of stuff to do. So. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, Griff, for being here. This has been wonderful. Thanks, Katie. Great to be here. Uh, love talking to you about d- tech and data and hope to do it again sometime. Thank you for listening in to another episode of Private Markets Made Human. If you want more information on our tools or technology, we welcome you to visit our website or contact our technology team. Also, please stay tuned for our next episode where we will discuss the current state of the real estate investment environment.